All right. So today we're going to talk about calling. Uh, I, I was was cruising around this week and I got a, a phone call and my phone does this amazing thing where it recognized who was calling and I could decide whether or not I wanted to pick up. Now, now the generation before us, right, that, that was a scary, scary thing. The phone just rang and you had no idea who was on the other line. You were super brave, and so let's just give it up for the generation before us who uh, had to answer all of the telemarketer calls, not just the ones that, now my phone says spam uh, every single time. I love it. I love it. And living here, right, we get like 90 of those a day. Uh, maybe I just need to change my number. So we're going to talk about calling today. What, is it, what does it mean to be called? From the, the time we were kids, we've been asked that question, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? From the time you're in kindergarten, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? It's a question that we've had to answer. What do you want to do after high school? What do you want to do now? What do you want to do with your career? What do you want to do with retirement? What do you want to do with your life? It's easy to think in terms of, of career, in terms of job, in terms of family, but what if we today redeemed the idea of calling? What if we took back the idea of calling? Now, I know that, that that's uh, pretty heavy. That's a pretty heavy idea. And you might be saying, what if I miss my calling? Anyone ever think that? What if I miss my calling? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a weirdo and a sicko. What if, you know, what if I, I went to the wrong school and, and got in the wrong major and I met the wrong people? You know, what if I took, anyone ever do this? What if I take the wrong turn and I was supposed to go this way, but instead the train delayed me and then I'm late and I didn't meet the person that I was supposed to meet? Anyone in that, that phase where you're like, okay, but what if I, I was supposed to be at this church and hear this message at this time, but instead I went to this other church and I heard the wrong message at the wrong time? What what if, what if, what if? Maybe it's just me and maybe I just think about those things at night when I wake up at 2 a.m. and I'm like, okay, what if I took, you know, got the train and I was supposed to meet this person and save their life, but now I didn't meet them and the whole universe is screwed up. Anyone ever? Okay, just one per. Okay, it's me. It's me. Okay, so I'll preach this for me this morning. What if God is calling me? He's chosen me and he must have something big for me. What if I miss my calling. What if I miss my calling? Today we're gonna we're gonna continue our study through John chapter one. Uh, we're in this series called "Come and See," and so the past few weeks we've been talking about Jesus, right, and Jesus interacting with these disciples and who they are. And today, what I want to do is I want to I want to look a, a little inwardly and say, okay, what is what is the application for me today? So we've been talking about Jesus. Okay, now what, do, what does Jesus want for me and from me today? And so John chapter one really is about who Jesus is, right? It starts off, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God and was with God. It talks about who Jesus is. And then we see this character come on the, the scene, John the Baptist, who declares that Jesus is the Lamb of God who comes to forgive people of their sins, and then we have this interaction where the disciples start to, to come on the scene and, and uh, people are declaring, Andrew brings Simon to Jesus and says this, that we have found the Messiah, runs to him, we have found the Messiah. It's interesting 
Andrew's mentioned three times in the book of, in, in the scriptures, every single time he's bringing somebody to Jesus, right? Just a great example of who we should be. And he, so, so Jesus has these interactions with the disciples and then he says this interesting thing to Simon. He says this in verse 42, uh, John 1, 42. It says, he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you were Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter, a.k.a. the rock, right? This, this name Cephas means rock. And so Jesus sees him and declares a calling on his life before he knows anything about him. And if you read the rest of the Gospels, we see that, that Peter is anything but a rock. This guy is flaky. He's all over the place. He makes rash decisions. He is not the epitome of rock. He's, he's all over the place. And so you got to ask, okay, what, what are you doing with, with this Jesus? Why are you calling this guy the rock? Later on, Jesus says, okay, on this rock, Peter, I will build my church. And I think he's talking about multiple things there. One, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about himself. He's also talking about the location, but he's also talking about Peter. Peter ends up being a significant part of the early church. And he says, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Why? This guy's volatile. He's impulsive. How can he be a rock in the church? And this is what God has brought me here to tell you this morning. He said, he told me this week through the study of the scripture is that he makes you what he calls you. He makes you what he calls you. Jesus didn't call Simon Peter because he saw what he could do. Jesus called Simon Peter because he saw he could make him. He saw what he could make him. He gave him the calling before he did anything to deserve that calling. Simon, at this time, we, we know from looking at scripture and some histories that Simon was probably the oldest disciple. He's about 30 years old at this time. And so with an estimated uh, age expectancy of about 30, right? So Simon, and this he's the old guy, and there's a bunch of disciples who are probably teenagers. So Jesus then was the first youth pastor. He had one volunteer, Simon, and the rest of them were, were students. And so... Here's Simon, right? He, we know from uh, Mark that Simon Peter was married, that uh, maybe he had children. We know that from the scripture. And so here he is in the middle of his life, and God puts a new calling on his life, that he's now going to be the rock. Now he has a significant purpose, a significant calling. What strikes me about this is that, that this is not the way things work, is it? Especially in our culture, if you're going to be given a title, you have to earn that title. What do you do to earn that title? You, you go to school, you earn a degree, you get a job, then you get promoted, right? You earn these titles. But Jesus, before he knew anything about Simon Peter, he gives him this calling. We have to embrace the truth that calling is about who you are before what you do that God, when he looks at you, he sees who you are before what you do. When God calls you, he's calling you to a who before he's calling you to a do. That God, when he looks at you, he's calling to, to say, okay, who can I make this person instead of what can I have this person do for me? I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, 2 Timothy is probably the last letter that, that Paul wrote to the church. And he says this, he says, God, 
who saved us and called us to what? Called us to be a second grade teacher, called us to be a firefighter or this next generation for some reason that they want to be makeup artists. They want to, I, ta- I was talking to a kid this week. I was like, what do you want to, what do you want to be when you grow up? Kind of having this idea in my mind. He's like, I want to be a YouTube star. I'm like, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be a YouTube star? This next generation is, is crazy. They're going to end up living in their cars. Uh, but <laughs> as long as they're on YouTube, um, Paul didn't call, say that you're, you're called to a task or a job or a career. What did he say? God who saved us and called us to what? A holy calling. A holy calling. What does that look like? It says, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. What does that look like? God is saying, I have a calling for your life that began before time began. What kind of purpose is that that put in your, your heart and your soul right now? That God thought of you, not only did he thought of you, that he created you, not only did he create you, he came up with your calling and your purpose before he even created anything, before time began, before there was a sun and the moon and the stars. He thought of you and said, this is what I want this person to be, that they're gonna have this holy calling. Get this, calling is not about who you're becoming as it is what our, God is... Uh, Calling is much more about what God is calling you to do as opposed to what you're supposed to do, as opposed to what you're doing. This idea of being holy, being set apart, being different, that Christians, right, are supposed to look different. They're supposed to live different than the rest of the world. Calling is less about what you're going to do in the future and more about who you are today. The disciples, when Jesus calls them, were disciples that day. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a disciple one day. He says, you are my disciples today. The the word church, uh, ecclesia in the New Testament, means the called out ones. That the church is the ones who are called out from the culture to then influence the culture. Not to called out to, to go in, not to go into a building or go into a group, but they're called out to be in the community and pointing people to Jesus. They're called to influence the world in a new way. Calling is about faithfulness to Jesus today before what you do in the future. Your calling then will be clear when you start to develop clarity, right? The, the ability to be able to hear from God and discern his voice. Your calling will be clear when you start to develop this clarity. Clarity When you start to develop character, be able to hold up to the calling that God has on your life. When you start to develop direction, okay, where am I supposed to go? Because if you have calling, right? If you have a, a calling on your life to do something, whatever that is, but you don't have clarity, you don't have direction, you don't have character, that calling, the weight of that calling is going to destroy those other things. See, for me, the reason I'm able to get up here and do this and and spend the time doing this every week is because I know that I'm called to. Because the the first few years when things got tough, the first few years when I when, when people laughed or were angry the first few years when I wasn't quite sure where God is sending me, it would have been easy to quit. But when you have the calling in your life, you're able to sustain that. What we've seen with, with pastors and churches who, who have these moral failures 
is that calling without character and clarity and direction always leads to broken people and to hurt. Why? Because you're trying to do something for God instead of doing something with God. You're trying to do something and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm gonna do this for you. This is my calling in my life. And you're trying to act and you're trying to operate outside of his power because you're trying to do something for him instead of doing something with him. Scripture is full of these stories. People who have a great call on their life, they understand what they're supposed to do, yet they didn't have clarity, they didn't have direction. I think of, think of Moses, right? Before Moses split the Red Sea, Moses had this call in his life to do something for his people, the Israelites. And so Moses comes upon the situation where an Israelite is being abused by an Egyptian, right? He has this deep call in his life to do something. So what does Moses do? He goes and kills the Egyptian and buries him in the sand. Moses had the calling, right? He had what he was supposed to do, but he didn't have the character. He didn't have the direction. He didn't understand God's voice. And so he operated out of those things and it led to brokenness. It led to hurt. It led to destruction. We see these stories all the time and we forget that, that God develops over time the character and the clarity and the direction of where we're supposed to go. We see this in the, the story of Abraham, right? Anyone know the song? Sing it with me if you know. Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. So yeah, yeah, and you got motions and some of you grew up in church, so that's great. And so humans write that song and we look at Abraham and we're like, wow, Father Abraham. There's a different song, right? There's a different song because Abraham early on didn't understand his, his mission and, and the direction that he was supposed to go. Song kind of goes like this. Father Abraham slept with the maid. <laughs> Even worse, his wife allowed him to. Now his wife's pregnant, and so is the maid. And ain't nobody praising the Lord. Ishmael, Isaac, nobody. And that, that, that idea of Abraham understood his calling, but he didn't have the voice. Of, he didn't understand how to hear the voice of God in the moment. And he missed out on all that God had for him in that. So he just sends them off to the desert, right? What does that look like for you in your life? Peter had the calling to be the rock of the church, but while Jesus called him the rock, he also told Peter at one time to get behind him, Satan, called him Satan. Peter, right, the, the rock, and while Jesus is being arrested, chopped off a guy's ear in order to, to defend Jesus, to bring in his kingdom. He misunderstood the clarity. He didn't have the clarity of the call. Peter then denied Jesus three times, right? He had the passion, he had the zeal, but he, did he understand the direction? Calling is about who you are before it is about what you do. Many, many people think that once you're called, right? Once, okay, God has called me, I'm, I'm in a relationship with him, I've trusted in Jesus, and now everything is going to be okay. You could just step out there and you just sing, Spirit, lead me. Where are the voices, something? I don't know that song. And, and everything's gonna be okay. And everything's just, just gonna be okay. But the reality is, is without direction, without clarity, we're gonna miss out. Jesus called 
Peter, but it took time. It took becoming for Peter to develop into who he was. Calling is as much about who you are becoming as it is what you are doing. In the Bible, what surprises me is that the Bible not, never talks about calling for a career, but it's a calling to become like Jesus. Not what am I, well, not what am I called to do, but who am I to become? Even if it's small, even if it feels insignificant, even if it's I'm running a business and I, how, does, how does that fit in and how does the scripture talk about me running the business? Well, what if you were to do that ethically? What if you were to do that and you're supposed to treat your employees right and benefit society? What does that look like? What if you're a stay-at-home mom and what does that look like for you to live out calling in there? One of the greatest calling is to just raise kids to trust in Jesus. What does it look like if you're single? And you're like, oh, I, want, I want to get married. I want to, I want to marry someone. What does it look like to honor God in your singleness, through your singleness? What would that look like as our culture who's so infatuated with finding the right person and finding my other half and finding my significant other? What would it look like to honor God in your singleness and say, maybe that will happen one day, but right now I'm content in who God has called me to be. What would that look like? Even if it's small, even if it feels insignificant, even if you're a grandma or grandpa and your, your role is just to be the best grandma or grandpa that you can be to help those kids trust in Jesus. Here's what Peter learned. He learned that the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. It might look like a small assignment. It might look like I'm just showing up and I'm just doing my job every single day, but what if the way that you do your job was the assignment? We see this in the Old Testament where a shepherd boy understood that one small stone can take down a Goliath. We see this in the New Testament when one little boy offers up his lunch to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He multiplied it to feed 5,000 plus women and children. You are set apart by God. You're chosen by God. You're called by God. Whatever you do, do it with faithfulness. Do it with character. Do it for him. Simon had no idea what Jesus was calling him, but he took the next step. He was faithful in what God had for him next, what God had for him next. Peter was the rock that day. Jesus called him the rock that day. He said, he didn't, Jesus didn't say, you're going to be my rock one day. He said, you are the rock. He's calling you today, not to do something, but to be someone. Whatever it is, whatever your assignment is today, do it for the glory of God. If you want to find your calling, just start following Jesus today. And what does that look like? What does it look like? If maybe you know someone who's hurting and maybe your calling is just to be a friend for them in that moment. You're, you're, maybe your calling right now is to just love and be faithful to that spouse who is difficult to love. Maybe your assignment right now, maybe you're saying, I'm, I'm educated, I'm equipped, but your assignment right now is just to raise those kids, raise that kid to follow Jesus, to be a good, good parent. Maybe you're called to, to do something without, giving, uh, without getting credit. Maybe you're called to just be a great employee. Maybe you're called to just be great parents and guide those kids and raise those babies. Calling is about who you are before it is about what you do. And when you are faithful, you will see the impact. 
you'll see the impact. Why? Because our impact isn't dependent on us. Our impact is determined by God. Our impact is determined by God. And I think that we might know that up here, right? We know that our impact is determined by God, that, that we can do all the stuff, but really it's God who brings the, the impact. And we know that up here, but do we really know that? Do we really know that here? And you might be saying, well, I'm, I'm not articulate. I'm not the most articulate person. Your impact is determined by God. Well, Mitch, I just show up and I do this nine to five and I don't really, inter- your impact is determined by God. Well, I, I'm not an, an extrovert. I don't really like talking to a lot of people. Your impact is determined by God. I, I love this story in Luke nine. It's kind of a, a little side note in Luke chapter nine. It's, it's this little paragraph. You probably have never heard a sermon on it because it would make it probably a, a pretty bad sermon. Luke chapter nine, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. It says that he's turned his his face or his gaze toward Jerusalem because he knew what he was supposed to do, that he knew that he was supposed to die on the cross. And so the the disciples come in and they're all there. And it says that the, the town rejected him. The town rejected his message. And so there, there are two, two men there, two of the disciples. It says James and John. And these guys, Jesus gives these guys the nickname, the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. I, I was thinking about this earlier this week. What would, it, what would your, your uh, aura look like to be a son of thunder? I mean, you're probably not like Millhouse on The Simpsons, right? Like, oh, hey, guys, I'm, I'm one of Jesus' disciples. Nice to meet you. But you're probably not super nerd. These sons of thunder were probably like sons of thunder. And so I was reading this this week, and it, it's crazy, this, this uh, calling that, that they have, right? These guys, James and John, the sons of thunder, three years of following Jesus, and they, they come across, across the city. The city rejects Jesus. And this is what they say, right? Three years of following Jesus, three years of calling, three, three years of trying to figure it out. This is what it they says. And when the disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Right? Like, who are these guys? Three years of following Jesus and their response to a town that rejects Jesus is like, hey, um, let's just murder everyone. Let's just kill, like, let's just kill them all. Like, who are these sons of thunder? What was their history, history like, right? Three years of serving Jesus. And let me just tell you that to, to encourage you. If God can use murderers, if God can use adulterers, if God can use bad kings, if God can use people who committed the worst things in the worst time in history, God can use you. You may be saying, well, I'm not, I'm not these things. I'm not these things. I'm not these things. God makes you what he calls you. God makes you what he calls you. It's not about your past. It's not about your speaking ability. It's not about your knowledge. It's about God. God brings the impact. We just have to be faithful to the assignment. What's the assignment that God has for you? God makes you what he calls you. And there's a, a big part of me that, this, that I, I, I need to confess that, that I've always thought that God just wants me to be a part of something important that God wants me to, ha- to be a part of an important church that does an important work and that I'm an important voice in that work. But in reading the scripture, we see that God doesn't say, well done, 
my good and important servant. What does he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. It's being faithful to the assignment. While I want importance, and I want to do all this, and I want to do all that, and I want to have the voice, and I I want to have the church that does the thing that, that impacts the world, God does the impact. I'm just, I just need to be faithful to the assignment. You have been set apart. You've been chosen to live a life worthy of the calling that God has given you. You're called to reflect the glory of Jesus in all that you do. And at the end of the day, your success will not be based on how important you are to anybody else. Your success will be how well you faithfully served Jesus. And so maybe you're here and you're like, I understand that idea of calling and I, I wanna follow Jesus, but maybe you're here and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know anything about that, that calling. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to serve God or, or whatever. I don't know really what that looks like. If I serve God, do I have to be different and do I have to undo all the bad stuff that I've done? Let me just give you this example as I close. My, my daughters used to do this, this thing. They're, they're a little bit older now, and now they, they have other ways to express this. But I would always ask, how much does daddy love you, right? How much do I love you? And they would do this thing where they would go all the way over here, all the way over there, all the way up there, and all the way down there, and all the way around the world. And it just made me feel good. Now they don't do that. Now they just punch me. Uh, they're, they're eight and six. And so I want to ask you this question as you're reflecting on this, this idea of calling, on this, this idea of who, does, who has God made me to be? How much does God love you? How much does God love you? Can we practically answer that question? How much does God love you? I love this passage in Ephesians chapter two. It says, God, but God being rich in mercy, that his pockets are overflowing with mercy, his accounts full of mercy, because of the great love in which he has loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we missed the mark consistently over and over and over and over again, to the point it led us to spiritual apathy, to spiritual death, when we were just sitting there dead, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up I love that idea of raise this up because it's present. That your position when you trust in Jesus is not here on this earth, is not dependent on a future act, that you are saved in the present, that you are saved right now. That it's not a future thing that you have to look forward to, but that you are, are saved right now. You have been saved and raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, that's amazing to me that, that while we can be present right now, our our, our spirit, our soul, whatever that looks like, is present with Jesus Christ, seated at his right hand, that we have a position that, that while physically we might be here, positionally we are with him forever. That's your calling, that he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that, how much does God love you? So that in the coming ages, future tense, in the coming ages, not just one age, all the ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. How, how much does God love you? Let me ask, what, what is eternity for? 
It's, it, according to this passage, it's so that in the coming ages, God might show you the immeasurable riches of his grace, of his love toward you forever and ever and ever. What does that look like? God is saying that in a hundred years, in a million years, in a billion years, in a trillion years, throughout eternity, he's gonna keep saying, I'm not done yet. I'm not done showing you how much I love you. That the cross of Jesus, when he died for your sins, it wasn't just one act to forgive you and then put you in heaven forever. No, it's God over time is continually saying, I'm not done showing you how much I love you. That's what you're called to. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you. Through his perfect life, living the life you couldn't live, dying the death that you deserved and raising to guarantee us that life forever. That's how much he loves you. God is calling. Let's pray.